Last time on Tales of the Voidfarer. Ravis, you look up into the sky and you see a Githyanki flying fortress. Could we be stumbling onto something a little more than we expect here? It's possible. Okay. There is a crashed ship. This is an Eberron ship. Oh. This might have been a forged craft. You step inside the fortress. Decapitated mind flayer heads mounted on the walls. And next to it is a corpse. And the corpse is wooden and metallic. It does appear to be a forged craft. Charred humanoid bodies. These were gift. Everyone in this chamber at some point, however many hundreds of thousands of years ago, died a very fiery death. Ravnus, out of the corner of your eye, you see something small move. This, like, amorphous blob of flesh. Bony protrusion sticking out of it. Val is going to jump forward and cleaves it in half. Your vision suddenly changes. You see this scene looking down on this horde worthy of a dragon. And you feel a sense of accomplishment. The memory fades as you snap back. Tanner, are you good with just using online dice roller, or did you find your dice? Oh, no, I still have, like, my, like, special, like, lapis lazuli dice, so... Got it. No problems there. Just, I can't find my dice bag with my, like, tried and true boys. (laughs) Very upsetting. (laughs) The trusted boys. Gotta get a fishing tackle box. It's much harder to lose. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I don't have enough to justify that. You gotta get more. (laughs) (laughs) If, If you ever have the need to haul with you 90 sets of dice everywhere you go... Listen, I know for a fact 90 sets do not fit in a single tackle box. <laughs> At this point You've now, tried. I, I might need to out of necessity to restock my dice supply because Jesus. But either way, um, we're kind of already doing the banter we said we weren't going to do. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, what is what is a time crunch? Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Tales of the Void Fair. <laughs> All right. everyone just see that yes i did uh yeah yeah that happened ravnus just looks very contemplative no what the hell was that some sort of psychic monster um i'm not sure orella and scriv are also there orella is quiet she seems a little dazed she's hurt pretty bad from the last few fights but seems to have herself stable scriv seems confused as well Yes, that appears to have been some sort of psionic burst. All right. What? what, what, I mean, is that something to be concerned about? I feel all right. May I make an arcana check to see if I know anything beyond that? Um, yeah, go ahead. Could Ravnus also make one? Sure. (laughs) Maybe with advantage? Nope. (sighs) Uh, 
Nice try, though. Son of a beekeeper. Okay. That would be a 23 for me. 23? Yeah. That's a 10. Okay. Um, yeah, Revenus, you're pretty sure you agree having innate psionic abilities yourself, but you're not familiar with any sort of creature like this. It definitely seemed to have been psionic in nature, and the vision you saw definitely seemed to be some sort of uh, lingering memory of some sort that was released in a psionic pulse. That much you're sure, but beyond that, you don't know what this thing is or, or what. Marco... You know all of that. You know that, yeah, that was clearly psionic. And in general, what you've read about psionics is that it is, it's not a very well understood branch of magic. It's magic that stems from the power of the mind. And you've heard about psionic creatures tend to be those that are from the far realm, like mind flayers, elithids are known for their psionics, aboleths terrible aquatic creatures have powerful psionic abilities you you're not familiar with anything like this but you know that when psionics are involved in massive powerful quantities they have a way of warping creatures and biological matter you've read weird stories of people speculating that they found mind flare experiments deep within the underdark and strange twisted abominations that have formed when being bombarded with psionic energy. Um, so I'm going to turn to Scriv and say, Scriv, is there is there any way that like a, a mind flayer could have done something like this? I mean, do you know anything about this? Not that I'm aware. I'm afraid my knowledge of mind flayers is limited to only that of which I've read. By the time the Forged entered the greater parts of Wild Space, the mind flayer presence had far diminished from what I understand. Hmm. Marco is going to sit down and just contemplate. Val's going to say, kind of rubbing her head still, she's clearly a little uncomfortable. Um, should we keep moving then? If there's a vault here, I imagine um, we're not going to find it if we just sit around. I need to be healed first. And also, I mean, if we go in deeper, are we are we, are we liable to find something even worse? Well, there's only one way to find out. Arella is going to stand. Um, she's going to win slightly, and she'll walk over and, and heal you, Ravness. For how much? Ten. Glad we brought Arella. She is going to say, though... I'm I'm afraid I can only do that um, only a few more times. We'll be careful. Wish we would have brought somebody more useful than Arella. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Coot would have been so useful here. (laughs) If Dead Rising taught me anything, it's that food (laughs) heals the fuck out of you. (laughs) Um, If if we're continuing onward, I am definitely taking the, the last position in the party. Okay. I'm fucking terrified with what we're going to find. Yeah. So the room that you guys are in, there's the door you came from. There is a door to the north, which would have been to your right from that door you came in. And it looks like there's a ladder that goes up to the ceiling, but it has now been sundered and shattered. And then there's like the big kind of like crumbled part where like the wall and ceiling has kind of caved in, presumably where the dragon attacked this area. So you have that door to the right or the door you came from. I guess we go to the right, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, not leading the, the party, right. but... Yeah. All right. Val's going to turn to Ravnus and say, um, Ravnus, uh, would you mind? Okay. 
I assume the assumption is that Ravnus is going to lead and open the door. Yeah. Yeah, that she's gesturing to the door, which is completely closed. Ravnus opens the door. <laughs> you push on the door and it appears to be locked. Oh. Ravnus, this might be a pool one. Give that a try. <laughs> <laughs> you do notice that the mechanism you saw in the center of the last door, even though the door was mostly open, is on this door. And it is a circular impression in the door. And then there's five divots equally spaced around the circumference of the circle. There doesn't appear to be any other sort of like locking mechanism on this door. The door appears to be like a stone like slab. Um. How big is the circle and like how far apart are the divots? The diameter of the circle seems to be about like eight inches, maybe seven and a half inches. You could span it with your hand. Yeah, that was that was kind of my thought. She's going to try to put her hand in and, and like the tips of her fingers in each of the divots. Yeah, actually, it fits comfortably. Like that's exactly what these divots were spaced out to do look at me being so smart <laughs> except nothing happens can she try to like turn it or twist it in any particular way you do you try it with your fingertips in there and you try to kind of turn it and oh no it doesn't it doesn't budge go ahead and just make a intelligence check that is that's going to be a 12 that's that's just enough. It was a long time ago. You were a small child. You vaguely remember the certain rooms of your hatchery having mechanisms like this, and you're not exactly sure how they work. You never had to open one, um, but you do know that they are designed so that, for the most part, Githyanki are the only ones that can unlock them. You're not 100% sure exactly how, though. Hmm. Uh... <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of, yeah, I get the Yankee don't have particularly weird hands, huh? They have kind of like nope. regular they're, they're hands. Gener yeah, generally humanoid hands. But they have Voldemort noses, and I'm sure that's, <laughs> I'm were sure there, that's the answer. Were there five holes? There are. Okay. Uh. So, could Marco attempt to cast Mage Hand in the shape of a Yankee hand? Which is the, the shape of a humanoid hand. Fair enough. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to try Mage Hand. Yeah. You cast Mage Hand and you create this spectral version of your hand. And you you, you fly it up to the door. Yeah. Into the yeah. Thing. It, it goes in. And the minute the hand touches it, the thing suppresses. And there's a the sound of grinding stone and the door clicks open. Huh. And Ravnus, you realize that all Githyanki have the ability to use Mage Hand. Albeit theirs is invisible. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> well that's i'm glad you did that marco i was about to drag one of those bodies from the other room and try them <laughs> might have been a little bit morbid yeah. i guess yeah. i get paid yeah, to I think have, so here we are i have this right here on my character sheet that she can in fact use mage hand huh <laughs> I, sh I should look at my character sheet every once in a while <laughs> so yeah uh the door is now unlocked it pushes open fairly easily and you see a caved in hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Although what strikes you as interesting is there is dust lingering in the air here. And despite the age of this place, the cave in seems like at least on the surface is pretty recent. 
And in fact, you see sticking out of the rubble on the bottom what looks like another forged corpse. Does it look fresh? I mean, does it look like... You can make a medicine check if you'd like. I will do that. I have... 17. Yeah, it does. The cave-in in general does not look too super new, but it looks like all of the rocks and stuff have recently shifted to topple down onto this creature. Examining it, it does look fresh, but the thing you notice is that it does not look like it was killed by the rubble. You see that it's covered in tiny scratches and lacerations similar to what you've seen on the ship outside. And in fact, this forged is much bigger than the one that was in just inside the door. If it were standing, it would probably be about seven foot tall, probably about three and a half, four feet wide at the shoulders. This thing was huge. It's about the size of Clanks that you met back on the Stoic Gondolier on your way to Crot Space. It, he's a big boy. Hey, uh, pals, I'm beginning to think that maybe this guy was caving this place in on purpose to keep something in there rather than to keep other people out. Interesting. I mean, I don't see any other reason. These people are all dead. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. What do y'all make of this? Whatever it is, it has to be at least fascinating. Ugh. Maybe even profitable. Yeah, Marco, you know what happened to the cat, right? Oh, the cat? Um, No, I don't have a cat. Oh, all right. Do we, have a cat? Val, do we have a cat? Silence no, of Starlight? Cat? <laughs> <laughs> the Vaxi? I mean, yeah. last I checked, that was uh, probably best left. Uh, that scratching post was best left unscratched. <laughs> Surprise, I am here. <laughs> I, I knew she was the secret boss. <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> Listen, um, well, but. It could be fascinating, but I mean, there is risk, but I've never been in an archaeology job that didn't retain some risk. Well, sure, but I mean, I guess more to the point, I mean, can we even get down here? I mean, it looks rather, I don't know, blocked off. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's any way you could go this way. And I'm assuming, Val, that we don't uh, have several days for me to properly excavate this and to assure our safety. Well, we did buy ourselves uh, a good chunk of extra time with what we saved in fixing the ship. If we needed to, and if it was safe to do so, we could afford to stay. But I think we would need to do some more preliminary exploration before we made that sort of decision. Uh, agreed. Agreed, definitely. Roughly how long do you think something like this would take, Val? Well, I'm not the archaeologist. Um, All right, you're right. I mean, based on the size of the place, we could scout it out um, in a couple hours, I would think. Depending on what we find um, in the rest of the place and below, I don't know what kind of excavation would be required, but Marco would be the expert on that, I would think. All right, Marco, we turn to you. All right, um, so seeing as how I myself, Tanner Bivens, am not an archaeologist, can I make <laughs> an intelligence check or something to kind of... As an archaeologist, you you would just know. If you find that more of this fortress is in a state that you see in front of you, i.e. completely caved in, it would be a long job. Anything less than this would obviously be better. You really can't say without seeing it. So, unfortunately, I should have maybe uh, prefaced this more thoroughly. Um, considering the fact that this is fully caved in, the fact that we do not know what's on the other side, this... Might be several days, a week, 
maybe longer, and that's around-the-clock excavating as well as keeping people on guard detail to make sure that we're not attacked by something while we're doing it. All right, all right. I mean, so, it is going to be a job. I mean, obviously that, that ain't going to happen. So, we can't make do... I guess we can make do with what we got, but... Well, I say let's... Let's see what the rest of the fort entails from the other direction. Perhaps we'll luck out. Um, well, maybe maybe it's in just as poor shape as this side. On the bright side, I mean, we know that it's here, and I don't know if it's going anywhere anytime soon, so if we find something decent, we can always come back. Well, that's true. Let's just hope we don't run into any more of that, whatever the fuck it was. She kind of says, like, grimacing down at the two halves of the fleshy monstrosity that attacked. Fair. Definitely fair. Val's going to start walking to the other door, the door back towards the entrance. Uh, I'm with her. Yep, following. And Orella is right there behind Val as well. And you walk through that door back into the room with the mind flares and the first dead forge you found. And then something immediately strikes you as odd as the main entrance that you originally came through is gone. It's hmm. just a stone wall. Um, uh, Ravnus is going to go try to touch the wall where the door once was. Yeah, reacting in a similar way, Orella is stepping up to it as well. She seems confused as well. I need you to make an intelligence saving throw, and she's going to do the same. Look at me having to be so smart. Twelve. Twelve? Okay. Um, yeah. When you step everyone in the room, you see that there is um, something happens with the mind flare heads again. Instead of the tentacles writhing like they did before, they kind of slowly widen and the eyes go blue. And Ravnus, your head feels fuzzy like you, your your vision gets clouded slightly and you get a little dizzy, um, but you're not affected any other way. Arella just falls unconscious. She collapses to the floor. Arella. Arella. Oh, uh, fuck, she is the medic. Yeah. <laughs> medic! Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Ravnus just sort of, like, rubs her head and kind of, like, looks at Arella. <laughs> Make a medicine check? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, let me look at what my... Medicine bonuses. Oh, that's 19. Yeah, uh, she is alive, just unconscious. And she's not bleeding out or anything. It's just like her brain turned off. I mean, that's not exactly great either, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, she's okay, Ravnus? She's alive. All right. Um... Her, her brain's just not working. What do um, we got, Val? Do we have any like smelling salts or anything? Um, I I'm afraid I don't have anything like that. Does any Rav of you? Ravnus pours uh, a bit of her water skin on her, not like a lot, but like a little bit, just like on Arella's face. <laughs> you waterboard Arella. <laughs> uh, she does not react. She does not react. Oh no. All right, but 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 you're sure she's all right? Well, she's alive. Her brain isn't working. Oh yeah, I guess that's not really great. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Val. Oh shit. Um, well, it appears we're not going anywhere this way. So, I mean, we wouldn't even be able to get her to the ship right now, anyway. 
Um, perhaps we can carry her with us, and maybe we'll find another way out. Um, All right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to leave her here. No, of course not. All right. Well, let's let's get going then. We got to get her to the ship fast. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ravnus, from your medicine check, um, you you don't, like, get any impression, like, especially, like, with you being, like, innately psionic and you can kind of, like, I guess, sort of feel, like, the, the brainwaves and, and stuff like that. It's, like, you, it doesn't feel like it's deteriorating at all. It almost feels like the equivalent of, like, a sleep spell. Okay. It's just, like, a mental, like, one. She's, like, not physically sleeping, but she's, like... Her brain is mentally sleeping, I guess. (laughs) You get the impression that, like, it's possible the effect may wear off on its own if you don't have a way of of restoring her now. Okay. Um, Then I guess Ravenous is just going to kind of throw Arella over her shoulder and carry on. Sack of potatoes. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you have the set of double doors that's directly across from the door that was there, and then the door on the other end of the door you just came through. I mean, I assume we go through the new door. Yeah, I mean... Well, there's there's two new doors. I, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, my apologies. There's double doors that, are, that was across from where the entrance was, and then the door opposite of the room you just exited. Sure. I'm, I would say the double doors, personally, but that's just me. Yeah, I was also thinking double sure. doors. That seems like a more exity strategy. Yeah. You do, in fact, open these doors, and it opens into a courtyard. Um, and you can actually see, as you enter this courtyard to the left, you see that the the fortress has completely caved in for, like, the whole left opposite corner. And you see that in the very center of the courtyard is, like, a like another like tall like rampart like a short tower it's not any taller than the fortress itself but it's just like a central structure and you see that there is like a an enclosed connection to it from the other side of the courtyard and it's about 20 feet between this thing and the the exterior wall all the way around it and out here you see the the charred corpses of about 12 more Yankee. jesus and the walls are entirely like scorched and like look like they were like partially molten during what was apparently this dragon attack. And you just see above you is just black space. Ravnus, do you mind if I ask you a question? What is it? Is this normal for a Gith Yankee ship or a Gith Yankee vault <laughs> to just be switching doors left and right? Does Ravnus know the answer to that? <laughs> Ravnus, you would know that uh, you've not, you're, again, you're not familiar with like that specific defense, but you do know that like important Githyanki strongholds do have a variety of, of psionic and other magical defenses. Githyanki fortresses have a lot of <laughs> magical defenses. I don't know the intricacies of them, but. So that, that was a trap, maybe? Seems maybe. weird that it didn't proc for the forge. Or maybe forged or immune to its effects, now that I think about it. Could be. I don't know. I mean, you The forge inside definitely seemed affected by the mind flare heads, as it seems that's how it perished. Well, sure, but Scriv can have forged, go unconscious, I mean, unwillingly? Yes, our consciousnesses function the same as any creature. Well, damn, that's, that's me being ignorant, I'm sorry. <laughs> no offense taken. Um, do these, these bodies look just as old as the ones on the other side, right? 
Yeah, the other Githyanki corpses yeah. you saw, they they look hundreds, if not thousands of years old. Now, what could have caused something like this? I mean, I mean, it looks like a big blast of flame, right? What are we all thinking? Some sort of trap or dragon or... I was going to say dragon. It, yeah, it has all the markings of one. Me too. I guess they do call this a vault too. It means lots of gold and stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a, a dragon starting out, I mean, that's you got to hoard immediately. You know, I wasn't really trying to think about this too hard, but uh, you're making a lot of really good points. Mm. Yes, I can definitely see how a dragon might be tempted by such a place. And from what I understand, Yithyanki and dragons occasionally go hand in hand. I mean, hell, we were attracted to such a place, so... Um, we are drag... Wait, no. Am I taking the wrong cue here? Yeah, I think more, okay. more the uh, <laughs> my bad. More, more the treasure by part, the transitive the property. <laughs> a equals B. We're all dragons. <laughs> Scriv is going to speak up, and he's going to say, "And I also wonder what would have attracted these forged here." Yeah, that's that's a good question. Well, that's a very good question. Your guess is probably better than any of ours. It is hard for me to say. As far as I knew, I was only one of a small handful of forge that was sent to Crotspace. Any sort of scouting party, as this appears to be, was here beyond my knowledge. Hmm. Is there any way you can... I mean... Oh, boy. See, now I'm talking from a point of, of Doar privilege. I mean, can you tell where these, these forge were from by looking at them? Or like a certain make or model? Oh, God, that feels bad to say. <laughs> Well, there are several make and models of Forge. He takes it in stride. It's oh, like, you're, you're right. Those, those okay. are the terms they use. Good. <laughs> he says, looking at the one that's on the floor here, this appears to be a skirmish unit. And the one in the other room was a siege unit. Hmm. Interesting. So what you're saying is war units, fighting units. They are not untypical to send a variety of types of units in a scouting party or a party for a specific mission, they would undoubtedly have been sent from the creator ship. Now, what's the creator ship want to do with this? That's bizarre. The creator ship is the central hub of all forged culture mm. in wild space. Right. It is the ship that fled Eberron initially into Sybaris. Uh, uh, the creator ship also houses the forge of creation that our forebearers took with them from Eberron. Hmm. Well, you know, I I can't imagine we're going to figure this out just by thinking about it. I mean, do we just forge on? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Val's going to say, yes, I think that's probably the best idea. In this courtyard, you see that there are no exits or entrances other than the one you exited through. This seems just be like a defensive buffer. There's not even an entrance to the central structure. It looks like it's accessed from the inside. Okay. So then we go back through the other set of doors out there, right? Yeah. It's a single set of doors similar to the other one across the way. This one is shut and locked like the other one was, um, but I, you you guys all know Mage Hand. So. <laughs> Cast Mage Hand. Yeah. So. Ravnus, it's always interesting you seeing other people cast Mage Hand because it's visible and yours never is. You never thought about it before. This innate ability you have that other people have learned, but it's, it looks different. Hmm. That's interesting then that they still like realized it was a hand with five fingers. 
That's just yeah. an out of character mm. thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it effectively is because like the the invisible force still manipulates things like a hand does. And if you interacted with it, you could like feel its shape. So like you knew it was a hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just interesting, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, you enter through this door and it's a 20 foot by 20 foot like central hub. There is a door immediately to your right, and then a door immediately to your left. Let's go to the right. I was going to say left. Oh, you take lead, my friend. Uh, I was about to say let's let uh, Ravnus break the tie, but... <laughs> so, if I'm getting the map right in my head, the right door will lead to part of the caved-in hallway part? No, that's on the other side. So, oh, like, okay. if you're looking at the map... You walked in and went to the left, and that area was caved in. Then you went back to the center point where the door was and went straight up into a courtyard, and that was caved into the upper left and went back, and now you went right. So, like, from your spatial awareness, turning right would take you into, like, the corner of the fortress. Turning left would take you deeper into the fortress, potentially to the other side of the courtyard. Okay, she's going to go right then and just kind of clear that corner. Yeah. You open it and Ravnus, you immediately recognize this as what used to be a Githyanki guard quarters. You see that there's like rows of simple bunks, stone like foot lockers that are crumbled and filled with dust. There's not a whole lot left in here. And then you do see that there is an open door on the same wall as the one you're looking through. As you step inside and look through that one, it looks like it's some sort of like officer or commander's quarters. She is going to just kind of do a quick investigation on this room and the officer's quarters. Sure. Go ahead and make an investigate check. With Orella over her arm. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Orella's hands and hair are just like dangling around your ass. <laughs> nice. Um well, she's getting in the way because that is a 7. Yeah. So so you, you you step into the room and you're kind of like scanning and you hear a thump as as you're turning, Arella's head just like bumps into the door frame. <laughs> and that distracts you from looking too much harder. It looks like this room is mostly abandoned. You don't see any remains of any creatures in here. The the ceiling and walls are cracked. But beyond that, you don't notice anything else. And is that the same with the uh, captain's room? Go ahead and make another investigate check to look around in there. Natural one for a two. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) So now trying to be a little bit more careful uh, with Arella over your shoulder, you open this door and you very careful not to hit her head on the doorframe, only to hit it even harder on the other (laughs) doorframe. (laughs) whoops Uh Ravnus come on let's be a little be a little gentle I'm trying to well it's a good thing she's unconscious because I don't think this would help her uh, opinion of Githyanki well I'm the one carrying her so she has to thank me regardless (laughs) damn (laughs) we'll just tell her she hit her head on the way down uh Okay. On both sides? <laughs> it was like it a bounced. It was a staircase. <laughs> it bounced. Oh fuck. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Ravnus, you don't see anything here. It looks like things have mostly been weathered to time and dust and 
yeah, you don't you don't see anything that immediately strikes your interest. Okay. There's probably nothing she missed. She's going to leave. <laughs> Val's gonna say, All right, the um the other door then? I suppose so. Sounds good. All right. This door is locked the same, but I imagine someone does the Mei-Chan thing. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, this door opens, and you see a long 10-foot hallway. It extends 70 feet all the way down, probably along the side of the courtyard. And down at the end, you can see two doors. One goes to your right, and one's at the very end. And you can see right at that door, the 10-foot hallway turns 90 degrees out of sight to the left. And as you are opening the door and kind of stepping down this hallway, you see a small skittering creature come around the corner from the left and look at you and it is another one of those creatures just and it stops and then charges down the hallway at you ravenous oh that's problematic (laughs) it's nasty fleshy like if you've seen stranger things season three uh that (laughs) same in size German Shepherd size. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's just the undulating ball of flesh, and you see like the these toothy spikes and claws and bone shards sticking out at odd angles as it kind of like folds and crawls over itself, and you're treated to this fleshy, exposed flesh as it turns, and you see red scales on one side as it just barrels its way towards you. It gets halfway down the hallway to you, the 70-foot hallway, and suddenly, immediately gets thrusted into the ceiling. It splats. I cover my ears. Yeah, everybody needs to make an intelligence saving throw. All right. Psychic can't hurt you if you cover your ears. Yeah, no, totally. That's how that works. That's what every Jean Grey comic has taught me. Would you say wisdom or intelligence? Intelligence. Yeah. Uh, 14. I got a six. Okay. I got a 13. Okay. Luckbeak and Marco, you're fine. Ravnus, you take two points of psychic damage. And there is that piercing scream again. Val clamps her hands to her ears. Mm -hmm. And again, your vision goes white. And your vision returns you are rocketing through space and this ship it looks like a a tradesman marco you recognize it immediately the fish-like tradesman and a torrent of fire erupts from you as this tradesman gets close to you and you watch as your fire tears into the side of the ship and scorches a handful of figures on the deck You feel a tug to your left, and you soar in that direction, wrapping around the side of the ship, and catching a glimpse out of the corner of your eye, you see three other red dragons. Young, uh, large size, their body's about the size of horses, 30 feet wingspan, and on the back of each is a Githyanki rider. And they're armored in silver armor with gleaming red rubies inlaid in it, holding silver greatswords as they soar down onto this ship. You feel your rider tug from another direction, sending you forward down onto the ship, and you land. The rider gets off and begins fighting with the crew of this unsuspecting ship. 
everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your Dungeon Master and Cantrip Caster. First level spells are hard, okay? Thanks for listening to another episode of Tales of the Voidfarer. This is Chapter 2, Episode 6. First up, our Twitter hit 350 followers this past weekend, and it's thanks to all of our awesome podcast friends rocking the Follow Friday posts and generally being rad people and supporting one another in this awesome community. Specifically, we wanted to shout out all the awesome people at Curious Goods, Friends and Flares, Frostwalkers Podcast, Tales of Asperin, Grim Encounters, Risk Management, The Mighty Ones Podcast, and Evenfell. There is no shortage of great RPG stories to be had out there, and you should definitely go check these ones out as soon as you're done listening here. If you want to help us continue to grow our tweeters, you can follow us at VoidfarerPod. Also, feel free to do the same on our Book of Faces and Gram of Instas at VoidfarerPodcast. Tag us and tell us what classic Spelljammer monster you want to see appear on the show. Maybe I'll listen. Maybe. As always, special shout out to our producer, Tom Goldthwaite, for composing our awesome theme song and other original music and additional music provided by purple-planet.com. If you like listening to our voices, you can check out our other podcast by folks here at Project Derailed. Fiona and Tom discuss the best bad movies streaming services have to offer in their podcast, Big Streaming Pile. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will touch down on Tuesday, February 4th, 2020. See you then. Your vision snaps back, and you are again in this hallway. There's a couple drips of gross, fleshy goo from the where this creature suddenly splatted into the ceiling. Oh. No, I ain't ever going to get used to that. I'm going to need a shower after this. Ugh. Yeah. Wait, were we the horse? I'm, what? I mean, were we the... I mean, I could feel a rider on my back. You guys couldn't? I, um, kind of looks at the others. Wait, were we all different characters there? That's crazy. <laughs> I, well, I, I wouldn't have guessed horse. It, 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 dragon. Okay. Pro- probably. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call dragons, horses. Um, <laughs> interesting. Okay. So, well, damn. So the so the gith brought the the gith brought dragons here for some reason. Hey, Ravnus, is that normal for gith to ride little baby dragons? The gith are very involved with dragons, so I would assume it's fairly normal. Yeah, yeah, you would know that specifically. Elite gith Yankee knights ride red dragons. Oh, elite gith Yankee knights <laughs> ride red dragons. Thank you, computer. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, now, ain't that something? Huh. So they sent elites here. So we have elite Warforged, we have elite Gith, and they're separated by hundreds of years. So why are we here? If we're not elite. Well, I was about to say, I'd like to think we're elite, but uh, I don't know about not. that. That's the question of the day, ain't it? Uh, I guess we just got to keep going, huh? Val is going to say, well, what, what did that to it she gestures to the the creature on the ceiling oh val for some reason i just thought it was you since you killed the first one but it ain't i can't do that i I just thought it was scriv (laughs) 
Um, I do not possess such a power, but I am flattered you think I did. Trap. Gotta be a trap. Um, can I roll for uh, for finding traps? What would be that again? Yeah. Perception? Yeah, uh, go ahead. And, uh, yeah, it'd be an investigation check. Okay. Uh, so I only got 13. Yeah, you don't see any sort of like physical trap or like you don't see any like pressure points or or anything like that as you like slowly approach. But as you kind of look up and observe like the creature, you do see a small mechanism on the ceiling that looks similar to the door mechanisms, the locks on the doors. It's that circular symbol with like the five uh-huh. impressions around its circumference. Um, but beyond that, you don't see any sort of like trap. You just see that. Huh. Uh, I pointed out to everyone else. Um, Marco is going to skirt gingerly around it, kind of like eyeing it just to, uh, I don't know, out of like morbid curiosity, I guess. I mean, Nick, there's more hallway here, right? We don't have to like open this ceiling door. Is that correct? It doesn't. It doesn't look like a door. It's just the mechanism. Yeah, it's always indicated a door before. So yeah, but you're right. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Yeah, you don't see like the seams of a door. It just it looks like a similar mechanism to like the locks on the doors. Y'all, I want somebody um, to do this, but I'm gonna stand out at the other end of the hall and plug my ears just in case. You're gonna walk to the other end of the hall. Not not the end we haven't looked at yet, but the end we have. Oh, you're gonna walk backwards. I'm scared, okay. Nick. Um, Marco. <laughs> Curiosity's biting him in the ass. He's going to start gingerly walking forward. Okay. Ravnus backs up towards Luckbeak. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're approaching the other end of the hall, Marco? Yeah. Well, first off, real quick, I love the fact that uh, the, the general sentiment was send the nerd first after that. <laughs> um, yeah. Ravnus is half dead. She's not taking any chances. So Marco is going to start heading down the hallway. From where that thing came. Okay. So you, you start gingerly walking down the hallway uh, and you're approaching like where the, the creature is mostly stuck to the ceiling. About about half of it is still stuck up there and the other half is like fallen to the floor uh, in drips and puddles. And then five feet beyond that is the mechanism that Luckbeak pointed out. Uh, as And as you continue to walk towards the end, you need to make a strength saving throw. Oh, tits. oh god uh that's a solid one oh oh, was it a nat one no it was a three but my uh modifier is negative two oh sorry Uh, i'm sorry it's negative one thanks to the stone of luck so it's two (laughs) oh boy uh yeah as soon as you step on like the spot right below that creature you feel like an immediate lurch in your stomach as you're flung straight up into the ceiling. Oh. And you, you take seven bludgeoning damage. <laughs> so, yeah, you take like you take about three bludgeoning damage when you hit the ceiling and four bludgeoning damage when you fall back to the floor. <laughs> it's definitely trapped. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Give me a second. All right. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, okay. Just got the wind knocked out of me. It's okay. Eat some jelly. Eat some jelly. <laughs> jelly? Yeah, you know. Your uh, the lotion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your space whale jelly. <laughs> it puts the lotion on the skin. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm I'm in need of it now. All right. All right, I'll take a second. Um, Marco wants to do one other thing. 
Um, he's going to reach into his bag and get like a pen and try to throw it at another part of the hallway where he did not just get flung to the ceiling and see what happens. Like you, you try to throw it past the, yeah. So like, let's say that like I walked and then I got flung to the ceiling. I'm going to try to throw it in a different area than where I was standing to see if there's like a hole or something, or if it's like, you know, an area sort of deal. Yeah. No, you, you throw it and it goes, nothing happens. Did you move or are you staying where you're at? Um, after I picked myself back up, I stood still. Okay. So. Yeah. So you stand there and you throw the, uh, the pen. Yes. Um, go ahead and make a investigation check for me. All right. Or I'll say perception actually. All right. Uh, that's a 17. You throw the pen and it lands and you don't see anything and you're kind of pondering for a second and you hear a. And you look up to that mechanism and you see that it is rotating slightly in a ticking pattern. You didn't get a, that good of a look at it when Luckby pointed it out, but it seems like it had depressed from the ceiling slightly. And now as it's ticking, it's rotating and ascending back into place. Oh, flush with the sure. ceiling. It's got a cool down, y'all. Okay, so I'm going to run through real quick before it stops. Uh, You do it. All right. Am I okay? <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, as soon as you get to the other side, it and stops. Huh. And as you're standing, like, just now past it, like, a little bit under it, you're looking up, and it does look almost exactly the same as the locking mechanisms on the doors. It's that seven, eight-inch circle with the five depressions around the outside. Mm. All right. Well, I, I mean, I without anyone being in the way of it, I spin the thing with my mage hand. Yeah. You send up the mage hand and you press it and it doesn't rotate. It actually just clicks and drops out about two inches. Oh, oh okay. I just de uh, deactivated it, I think. All right. Um, Looks that way. There's no clicking or anything. Sure. Uh, I guess, uh, Mark, I'll throw your pen back through, please. Chucks the pen. Okay. Doesn't do anything. All right. All right. Let me give it a try. Uh, I'm going to cover my ears and run straight across. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not psychic, but I'm scared. (laughs) Uh, You run across and I need you to, you make it. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Can somebody bring my pen? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hey, uh, Ravnus. It's all right. It's safe. You can come on over. Ravness goes on over. You do so. Uh, and you walk past the the bits of flesh. And I mean, anybody that would like to can make a uh, nature check if they if they want. All right. I'll give it a shot. No reason not to. Hot and spicy nine for Tanner. Or Marco, I should say. Five. He's a smart boy, but he's not a smart boy when it comes to natural things, apparently. He didn't take those classes. <laughs> he was napping that day. Fifteen. Fifteen? Uh, yeah, fifteen. Uh, it looks like bits of dragon flesh. Like, the teeth look like dragon teeth. And the bones are, like, splintered, and so they are, like, tiny spiky shards. But, um, the like, the jagged teeth and claws definitely look like dragon teeth and claws. And... The flesh, you see like bits of like broken red dragon scale. This looks like it was made out of dragon flesh. Huh. This looks like dragon. Oh, wait, 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 wait. 
I mean, that would imply to me that that some mind flayers were doing some experiments with dragons down here. Does that track for y'all? That sounds mildly concerning. Yeah, no fucking kidding mildly concerning. Mind flayers and dragons? Dra- drag flayers or ma- ma- mindens? I'm not sure which is a better portmanteau. I don't think either of them are very good. The mighty drag Thulu. Mm, there it is. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Scriff. That... That's not what that is. That's a completely different story. I will have to write a poem about that. <laughs> um, I mean, right? Does does that does that track? I mean, this was dragon junk, but that ain't no dragon. I wouldn't put anything past the squids, I guess. Mm. All right. Well, onward and upward, or downward, mm-hmm. or wherever. Yeah. So, um. You, as you walk the rest of the hall, first there's a door that is on your right um, that is closed and locked with that mechanism. The door at the end of the hallway, though, looks like it had been completely removed and is now sitting like sideways in the door frame on the other side of the door, almost like a chest high like barricade. Mm. And it looks like other rubble has been kind of piled up to create about a five foot high barricade in the door so that there's only like a, a, a several foot window in the top of the door. And uh, it looks like uh, bits of wood and planks have been kind of piled up to kind of block that off as well. It looks like this door was artificially blocked some way. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, there are the, are the bits big enough or small enough that we can move them? It looks like you might. And the one thing you also notice is as you approach, because you're only about 10 feet away now, if you're at this first door, it doesn't look old. It looks relatively new. There's not like the same amount of dust that's covering it. Right. Marco, you for sure, like as you're approaching, you think you hear the sound of movement, almost like the sound of scraping metal or like a footstep or two coming from the other side of that barricade. Um, Marco is going to like signal to the others like and. Kind of more or less like he just flails his arms <laughs> quietly. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's on the uh, like he kind of he pulls like luck be close like someone's on the other side. Oh, oh shit. Maybe a forged. My guess. It sounds metallic. It's uh, whatever it is. It's alive. Okay. All right. All right. Um. All right. Well, ready your weapons. I guess. Just saying, we should be cautious. You don't know. It could be uh the giant pile of I don't know. Cheat metal. <laughs> Should we have Scriv up front? Uh, to make peace? In case they're friendly at all. Now, come on. I feel I feel like this is insensitive. It, it, ain't it? I mean, not all Warforged are friends. They don't know each other just because... All right, but yeah, it's a good idea. I guess it'd be the most friendliest <laughs> face. Mm-hmm. We just have to make it look like we're not holding him prisoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe I'm, we I'm, should all get in handcuffs. No, that's stupid. All right, let's just do it. Put him out in front. Maybe, maybe we should keep Ravnus in the back. If he was here killing Gith Yankee, Gith might not be the first thing he wants to see. That's real smart. It looks like I'm carrying a dead body. Oh, God, that's true. <laughs> I look back, it's like, has Arella stirred at all? Is she, is she okay? 
She is not stirring. Uh-oh. But uh, Ravnus, like, you, again, you, you, like, check her vitals, and she's still alive. <laughs> I would hope that you would mention if she weren't Nick as a deer. <laughs> <laughs> she died, like, ten and minutes ago. I didn't dead. think it was worth mentioning. Ravnus, you notice she's getting all cold and clammy for some reason. This was a weird trap. Uh- <laughs> Ravnus hit her head really hard, and then she died. Yeah, the trap didn't kill her. She you know, died of my she's... poor investigation check. She's... She, she got a brain she's, hemorrhage. She's teetering on two failed death saving throws. Jesus. <laughs> no, she's fine. Uh, just, just sleeping. Right. <laughs> uh, Scrib up front then. All right. Um, I guess I will approach. <laughs> Sorry. And Scrib, are you okay with this? I, I suppose. He takes a couple steps like towards it, and then stops and like looks behind to make sure you're like following him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, of course we're following. Yeah, and he takes a couple steps closer, and you get, like, within about, like, five feet, and you hear a muffled voice coming from deep within, from beyond the barricade. Primary Command Unit Harker, I am obligated to inform you that there are six individuals approaching. Threat analysis. One appears to be a forged. Identity. Scriv. Next, half-elf. Confident demeanor, carrying scimitar and dagger. Threat level, moderate. Human, spellbook identified. Threat level, unknown. Consider medium to high. Kithanki, <laughs> carrying sword, armored, above average strength. Threat level, high. Don't do me dirty, don't do me dirty. <laughs> Doa. Nope. Carrying crossbow, proficiency unlikely. Uh-huh. Mostly harmless. <laughs> Threat level, low. God damn it. <laughs> Unconscious Asimar. And you hear another voice. Thank you, Doe. You see movement approach the barricade and goes, who who is there? Um, Well, I guess you gave us pretty apt descriptions of (laughs) what we are. Uh, But I'm Marco, the the, the human, the the nerd. (laughs) Yeah. All right. you want all of us? I mean, we're 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 here on a on a ship. Uh, we're here on a salvage mission. We didn't know anybody was here. You you brought a ship. Uh, whoops. I mean, I, yeah. Um, had, are there any more of those those things? What the little dragon things? Yeah, those are the ones. <laughs> you hear another voice coming deeper within. <laughs> you you hear him turn and go quiet. Um. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, the last one I think we killed. I mean, there, there could be more. The, you see, like, the, the shape of the figure. You can't really make out much details about him through, like, the, the gaps in, the, like, the planks of their makeshift barricade. And he, he says, Scriv, can you vouch for these others? And Scriv goes, why, yes, of course. I am here chronicling for the ship that they cave on. Do you know this guy, Scriv? I am uncertain, but his docent seemed to identify me, which means that they are, in fact, from the creator ship. That's... That's a thing. The forged on the other side of the barricade says, all right, let them in. He, he says, turning and speaking to somebody else. There's a moment and the door actually immediately on your right opens, not the door that the barricade is and opens. And you see that there is a, a war forged, a uh, shorter, probably about like five, three, five, four slender frame. And it's wearing like a dark cloak that's clasped in the front. Um, The hood is down and you actually see that there is like a metal series of bolts sticking out of its head in a row that are painted pink and almost like a mohawk. 
Hmm. Uh, and you can see that it has a bunch of daggers around uh, its waist. And in a feminine voice, it says, Hey, we made new friends. Come on in. There's room for everyone. <laughs> Hello, I'm Marco. Uh, wait, wait. I mean, who are you folks? I mean, why are you here? Oh, come on in. Come on in. Command unit Harker will explain everything. Uh, all right. I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I tentatively go in. Yeah, I'm walking in. Val's going to nod and enter. And you see that the room that you enter into looks like it was at one point an armory. And as you walk in, you see that there is another one of the fucking huge forged, same like size as the one that you saw in the rubble. And he is standing there kind of stoically holding what looks like two sword racks that were on top of one another. And he's holding them both just out in front of him. And as you all file into the room, this first forge shuts the door and he kind of rotates and just drops all of these these sword racks back in front of the door securing it the force that let you in is going to turn to you and say it's a pleasure to meet you my name is skirmish unit scratch this is my good buddy siege unit dent and i know he looks all big and scary but if you mind your p's and q's you'll find that he's a big old softy and you kind of look to this huge forge who's like just standing there like monolithic like and he kind of turns and Marco looks at you and goes you human you have a face that I would very much like to break and the other forge uh, scratch goes ah, he's just kidding he's just kidding he's just dent he's just a big old kidder you're embarrassing <laughs> me in front of my new friends yay I um um I'm, um, um, <laughs> Marco's just going to kind of like stand there. <laughs> As you enter this armory, there's a door to your left and it looks like it's like another commander's quarters sort of thing. And through there comes a warforge that is standing probably about six foot tall, athletically built. And he has a cloak over one shoulder and a long sword on his belt and a shield on his back. And there is a kind of oval shaped mechanism of some sort that seems to be installed into his chest plate. Uh, and it's glowing a soft blue light, almost like the arc reactor on an Iron Man suit. And as he walks in, uh, he says, it's good to see some friendly faces here. I am secondary command unit Harker. And when he says that, the little light on his chest flashes as the voice you heard muffled before speaks up. Primary command unit Harker. It is within the purview of my function to inform you that you have been promoted to primary command unit Harker after the demise of primary command unit Rally. And his shoulders slump slightly, and he goes, um, um, thank you, Docent, thank you. I was aware. Yes, I am primary command unit Harker, um, and now the leader of this operation. Hey, quite a promotion. Congrats. I wish it were under be be better circumstances. And he steps into the room, and there's a fourth forge that follows him into the room that hasn't said anything yet this one is uh, similarly built to the f one that let you in a little bit more slender frame um shorter uh and she has a quiver of arrows um on her back 
And uh, you don't see any bow, though. And you actually see that over one of her eyes is like a, a magnifying type lens that seems to like ratchet and gear slightly as she steps in and observes all of you. And Harker is going to say, I see you've met skirmish unit Scratch and siege unit Dent. He turns and says, this is envoy unit Lancer. And she nods and goes, it is a pleasure to meet all of you. Scriv, it is a surprise to see you again. Glad you are doing well. And Scriv is going to say, Lancer, please, uh, I am curious to find out what it is that you are doing here. Scriv, how do you know Lancer? Lancer and I were created in the same round of creation. I suppose it is the closest thing we Forge have to siblings. Huh. Huh. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Harker is going to say, yes, we've had quite a harrowing last few days here. Um, We have lost many of our companions on this particular mission. Uh, Scriv is going to say, yes, I was wondering what that mission was. I was aware I was one of only a few of our number that were sent here to Crotspace. And almost as if she can't contain herself, Scratch is going to speak up. We're bringing the creator ship to Crotspace. We're, we're placing the beacons. It's about to jump in any time. And Harker sighs slightly and goes, yes, that is our objective. Well, that seems like uh, a big deal, right, Scriff? Um, Yes, that is a very big deal. And Val's going to go, wait, 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 wait. The the forged mothership, the, the center of forged society, she says, like, looking at Scriff, like, nodding, like, yeah, I got that right, is coming to this system. Why? Harker is going to speak up and says, Well, after careful analysis, it seems that this sphere has the highest potential for a more permanent residence for the hub of forged culture. Scriv is going to nod and says, Yes, that makes that makes a lot of sense from what I've seen so far. What was wrong with the what was wrong with the previous one? Well, currently, the center of Forge culture is the creator ship itself. Mm-hmm. It is constantly on the move, and should anything happen to it, not only would we Forged be without a home, but we would be without a way of creating more of our number. I see. Somebody else help me here. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to go. Yes, I, I don't understand, though... Um, Bringing the creatorship here is all well and fine, but why does it mean that you specifically are here at a Githyanki vault? And Harker is going to say, Well, we couldn't take the creatorship through the Phlogiston. It is bound to a elder fire elemental as its main source of propulsion. And Scriv kind of nods and goes, Yes. The creatorship in the Phlogiston would be quite catastrophic. Mm. Uh, yeah, the fire fire equals bad. Uh, Lancer will say, So, we have shifted the entire creatorship into the astral plane, and we are searching where the astral sea is closest to the material plane so that we can pull it back into the material plane here in Kratzspace. Aha. Uh-huh. Our calculations brought us here, and we were placing the final of the third beacon for the ship to triangulate its return. Hmm. Harker is going to speak up and say, um, 
Yes, and it appears that these Githyanki structures were here for a similar purpose. They were using a similar means to transport entire fleets of them ships between the planes. Well, interesting. Now, why would Githyanki mm. want to do that? I mean... Yeah, it looks to Ravnus. So they can get to Tunarath. Which is... It's a place in the Astral Sea. A lot of Githyanki retire there. Oh. You never age, and then they just sit around doing things. I don't know yeah. what exactly it is that they do, but many pirates die before they get there. Just Githyanki there? Yeah, oh. just Githyanki. Well, hmm. how, come, how come nobody else can retire there? That sounds pretty comfy. Yeah, right? <laughs> the Githyanki wouldn't welcome them. <laughs> oh, sure. Rude. I don't know. Us. It's just ours. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> don't your people have a place where they retire? Um, Like the zoo, I guess. That's not really true. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the Columbus in... Zoo. That's correct. <laughs> Limited or quasi-feudalism. I work until I die. <laughs> <laughs> don't exactly have a retirement plan they phased out pensions yeah. like 30 years ago <laughs> i already told you both there are no old gith yankee you should have known about this already yeah, okay all right sorry <laughs> hard to remember everything <laughs> you just hatch from an egg and then you're regular for a while and then you retire and never age or die Githyanki are just like everyone else. <laughs> you hatch from an egg, you do some pillaging, and then you live forever in the astral pretty sea. Simple. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet gig. How do I become a Githyanki? <laughs> so, you guys all kind of hear like just a distant sound of like rock kind of falling, like maybe a piece of the rubble shifted, mm. and immediately all of the Warforged in the room, minus Scriv, all of the Warforged you found here, they kind of, like, jump and startle, and they're, like, looking around. Harker has, like, his hand on the hilt of his sword, and uh, Scratch is gonna say, Oh, no, is it is it more of them? Well, now, now calm down. I, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm really tired of dealing with those nasty things. It's alright, alright, let's, let's, let's just figure this out, alright? Um, it, it could just be your workfall. Also, this reaction seems kind of strange to you because both of the things that you encountered so far have been like, whatever. Like Val instantly killed it with one swipe of the sword. Right. The trap that just kind of bruised Marco splatted the thing. Yeah. Well, how how many y'all? Mm -hmm. How many of these have y'all had to deal with? Uh, Harker is going to say, um, it is um, it is difficult to say. When they attack in waves, it is hard to kind of tell when one starts and the other oh, begins. We've only fought two. You guys have fought waves of them? Harker is going to, to say, yes. And, and actually at that point, the docent, the little flashing thing, lights up in, on his chest and says, Primary Command Unit Harker, it appears you are trying to give a debrief. Do you need help? <laughs> Clippy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Harker is going to sigh and say, no, Dosin, I, I think I'm fine. And it's like, in the 48 hours, 37 minutes, and 12 seconds that we have arrived at this location, we have been accosted by these creatures 17 times. 
In those times, each wave has consisted of approximately 4,204 individual masses of creature. Good God. I can't believe so many of y'all still here. I mean, that's that's so, no, no offense to the fallen ones of y'all, but damn. Holy God. Maybe we should get back to the ship. Yeah, let's let's get the hell out of here. I mean, do Val, do we have room on the ship? Yes, um, we we would be able to take take more on. Yeah. Um, the I mean the the forge they don't need to to drink or eat. Um, so supplies wouldn't be an issue, and we definitely have the space. Harker is going to nod and say, "Yes, that would be most appreciated." I mean, however, we have not been able to find an exit for this place. We did see when we were doing a cursory scouting of the exterior of this particular landmass that there seemed to be a cave entrance on the one side. Our calculations have indicated that it seems to probably connect on the lower levels, but we haven't been able to properly scout down there to find the exit. And and I suppose if we left now, we'd be we'd be out of luck with this whole vault thing, which I mean, frankly, it was pretty exciting at first, but is is quickly turning to be kind of scary. I mean, how do we feel about that, y'all? Um, if we have to go down to the lower levels anyway, I imagine we may come across what we're looking for. Well, sure. All right. And the docent on Harker's chest is going to light up. And not to mention, our mission is not yet completed. It's imperative that the beacon that Rally took below is set in the correct location and activated, or the creator ship will be trapped on the Astral Sea. Yeah, okay. I mean... Harker is going to say, if you can help us venture below, perhaps we can accomplish both of our missions. We can set up our beacon and find an alternative way out for us all. And if you came here searching valuables, perhaps we can find it down there as well. The only one to venture down there was our Commander Rally. He went down there with the beacon that we had to place, and he befell some fate. I mean, if he placed the beacon, uh, would you know? I mean, is there a... The docent is going to pop up and goes, Yes, I am attuned to the beacon, and I will be aware when it becomes active. All right, and he, he has right. not dropped it for whatever reason. Commander Rally is unresponsive Ugh. and currently assumed to have perished. All right, all right, gotcha, I'm sorry. Harker is going to say... We sent skirmish unit Scratch down there to see if we could scout what became of him. Uh, and Scratch is going to nod, uh, kind of scratching the back of her head. You know, there's the metal on metal sound as she scratches kind of behind her pink bolt mohawk and say, Yeah, it was uh, pretty scary, not going to lie. Uh, you know, I couldn't really see where Commander Rally ended up, but when I went down there, I saw this pulsing brain thing coming out of what looked like a dragon skull. I couldn't stick around because the minute I got there, the minute I stood in the entrance to that giant cavern, I was chased out of there by those weird flesh creatures pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Just as I suspected what I say, y'all, dragon experiments. I mean, I'm not particularly happy I'm right, I mean, but... Don't forget also the flesh piles. Yeah, the flesh piles. Of course, the flesh piles. Mm. Very fleshy. <laughs> The dragon didn't look to be much more than a skeleton, though, if it's any consolation. I mean, isn't that... I mean, now listen, I ain't no adventurer by trade, but isn't a bone skeleton a thing? <laughs> uh, can I make a uh, check on that, I guess? Uh, uh, yeah, I actually don't know Marco, how you, Luckbeak would know yeah, that. 
Yeah. Marco, you would know that uh, that animated skeletons are a thing, but they're usually the the work of a necromancer. But I suppose like other weird chaotic energy and like natural magic could perhaps animate skeletons. But OK, so this is and, a yeah. not a Draco Lich. It doesn't sound like it from what you're doing. And a Draco Lich, you would know, would be created like by powerful necromantic magic uh, <laughs> or 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 a, a dragon itself trying to become a lich. Okay, yeah, just making this sure. Doesn't, it doesn't sound like this. That what we're dealing with is just a big pile of skeletons and not something worse, so okay. You're dealing with a lot of animated flesh piles, it seems. So, uh, Marco, I, I don't know how Marco would respond really to that, because it's not exactly great news, but mm. it's better than... It's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, animated skeletons, they're a thing. I'm, dragon one doesn't sound too great, but doesn't sound like anything worse. So on the bright side, if it didn't have a very high calcium diet, we should be fine. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Drink milk, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that this one just, you know, didn't drink its milk. I guess we venture down. At that moment, there is this, like, another shifting sound of rocks. And, like, then there's, like, a soft rumble. And you see Scratch immediately, like... Eyes dart around again, and she pulls out a couple daggers and goes, Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! It's happening again! Prepare for a fight! You see Dent is going to stand up and lift this gigantic maul, and you can see that in the head of the maul seems to be this, like, spinning gyroscope. You see that uh, Lancer is going to stand up and pull an arrow out of her quiver and lift her right forearm, and compartments on either side of her forearm open up, and the two sides of a bow just extend out of the top and bottom of her arm. Hey, we ain't really prepped to deal with 4,000 spiders, or, or whatever they are. <laughs> Dragon creepers. <laughs> Harker's going to stand drawing his sword and shield, and he's going to say, It doesn't appear that you're going to have a choice. Uh, the docent is going to speak up as well and goes, Chances are unlikely! And as the rumbling happens, you see that the, the masonry in the ceiling and walls cracks slightly. And the barricade that you saw the other side of jolts, and you hear a sound as you see these bones and claws begin sticking between the planks and pulling them apart as one by one these flesh creatures begin piling over the barricade. And we will roll for initiative next episode. Oh, very good. And I assume you're going to roll for initiative for each of them separately during the interstitial. projectderailed.com